With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Welcome to the Crowdmakers, inside the C-suite of sports and entertainment, the definitive podcast on the inner workings of the business side of professional sports, concerts, and live events. These are the people that are shaping the new landscape of the industry, the executives that are creating the new paradigm for live entertainment. These are the inside conversations you won't hear anywhere else. These are the Crowdmakers. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the digital training network that uses micro-learning and spaced repetition to form new habits of success in sales, service, leadership, and more. Created by sports and entertainment industry experts for the industry. Learn more at ISBI360.com. And now, here's your host for the Crowdmakers, Bill Gertine. Well, welcome once again. It's Bill Gertine with the Crowdmakers, and this is an old friend of mine. So I'm really glad to be able to reconnect and, and talk to him about how his career has gone and what insights he has going on. It's Matt Salata, the VP of Business Development and Premium Sales for the Phoenix Suns of the NBA. Matt, thank you so much for joining us here on the Crowdmakers. Absolutely, Bill. Well, I appreciate uh, the honor of joining you today and excited for our conversation. Well, as long as you have been in sports now, which has been, gosh, almost 10 years or perhaps even longer, but most everyone in sports can tell us where they were, where they, what moment in time was happening in March when you first learned that things were going to be shut down. Where were you at that moment? Give us that picture of what was happening in your life. Yeah, it's crazy to think that it's been uh, over a year since that day, but uh, I was at home getting ready to watch some, some NBA games that evening. Uh, we had just gotten off of a, a road stand of our own where we hosted the Milwaukee Bucks on that Sunday. And I was getting ready to watch both of those games, and there it came on ESPN. The games have been canceled uh, due to COVID-19, and shortly after that, a, a couple days later, uh, we went into uh, lockdown out here in Phoenix, and uh, we had to scramble to get our staff ready to be able to work from home uh, efficiently. But it seems like yesterday, uh, even though it was uh, well over a year, but sitting on the couch ready for those games to tip off. And then they never happened that night. So many decisions needed to be made once that pandemic really became a reality for all of us. I think if you look back, some were good decisions, some maybe not so good. What was an example of a mistake that you'd made early on and what did you learn from it? Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, looking back and reflecting, we were in a position where we were about to start a $250 million renovation uh, to our building, which we're still in the progress. Uh, this summer, we're, we're closing down our suites and that'll be the last phase of it. But we had just opened and built out a brand new transformation center uh, where our folks were going to be able to bring down their clients, walk them through all the new bells and whistles of our arena, as well as bring down their top prospects uh, and potential clients to showcase what this is going to look like. And, and I think for us, we kind of jumped the gun a little bit where uh, we brought folks back a little bit too early to start to do trainings live and in person. Uh, and we ran into a situation where we actually had a, a couple of positive COVID tests. And I think for us, we were just so excited about what was to come. And we kind of forgot about what was going on uh, right there. And I think it kind of halted our, 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 our trainings in person and we flipped everything 
obviously to, to that virtual setting, but we we're just all so excited. Team members, we took a survey and they wanted to do it. So we went for it. Uh, but I think if you asked our leadership team and myself, we, we probably should have hit pause a little bit and waited for more data uh, from some professionals before we got people back in that, that face-to-face setting. Well, I think your enthusiasm can probably take up for a lot of that. You're thinking, gosh, quarter of a billion dollars. Nobody ever gets this for a development. That's like a brand new stadium. And so you were ex- as excited about that as perhaps even building a new arena. For sure. And I think, you know, that excitement uh, had us overlook the, the bigger picture. And I think, you know, getting feedback from our team members and everyone was okay with it. So we thought, hey, let's, let's do it. But uh, yeah, looking back, that was probably a little misstep for us. And I think that's made us realize, you know, the importance of transparency with your people and just understanding uh, more the, the mental health and mental side of this game. Uh, it, it continues to be a, a huge piece to what we do, what we coach on, what we teach on here in Phoenix. Well, the team is right now in the middle of a huge, almost sudden resurgence. Now, some would say it's been a few years in the making. I mean, when you got Devin Booker five or six years ago, that was a cool thing. But then you've added certainly Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, Cameron Payne, a few others. And now you're legit. And it's, I mean, the battle cry is rally the Valley, which has really been fun to watch. You're one of the hottest teams in the NBA. How would you describe selling the Suns now versus when you first came in 2017? Well, they're, they're polar opposites. Let, let's start there. Um, it, it's been a fun journey, and we won't want to change it anyway. Um, my first two years here in Phoenix, we combined to win 40 games over those two seasons. Mm-hmm. And this year, obviously, to build off the momentum that they started down in the bubble, going undefeated 8-0 and, and just missing the playoffs last year to win 51 games, have the second-best record uh, in the NBA this year. And, uh, of course, you know the, the 11-year wait is over, but then we got to – go up against the uh, the reigning champs and uh, the atmosphere in our building the last two games has been amazing. Uh, so obviously we hit the road on Thursday against the Lakers, but, you know, we had the scratch and claw um, for everything that we got four years ago. Um, you know, we really had to sell that experience, uh, the level of service, uh, the membership platform, the benefits and what our folks would get. And that's really helped us keep that, that foundation. And now, we're starting to get more and more people that are kind of coming out of the woodwork. This is a son's town. They're the longest tenured team here. They're an original franchise. Uh, if you look around, everyone else is kind of an expansion team or moved here from somewhere else. So this is clearly a son's town. And when they're hot, it's the toughest ticket to get in town. But, you know, we still stand and, and sell like we're that last team in the league. Uh, we have to have that, that top-notch customer service, that top-notch experience and continue to build the rapport and relationships with our member base uh, to be successful. So we don't look at our business any different. Uh, yeah, we may get a couple more call-ins and, and, and emails in like, hey, I want, I want tickets. We'll take that for sure, but we're still gonna run our offense, we'll go through our process and, and treat our members the exact same way. Uh, a very good sales trainer and friend of mine, Brett Zalaski, has been famous for telling people in Cleveland when LeBron came to the Cavs, that LeBron James will make you very bad salespeople. And I think I knew what he was talking about, but I'm going to ask you that. As someone comes in and now with the team as positive as it is, you may have the propensity to kind of let down the salesperson within you just to be able to accept orders. How do you train that to folks who may be inclined just to write out orders without really asking the deep questions that are necessary in sales? 
And, and that's something our leadership doing, team is doing a great job of. We're, we're focusing on the small details. To your point, you know, when you're in a situation where you want fries with that sort of situation and taking those calls, you can miss a lot of steps and leave a lot of money on the table. Uh, also probably put, you know, that new member in experience that might not be the best fit for them, their company, their family, whatever they're looking for. So, you know, we've really kind of boiled it down to let's focus on the fundamentals. Let's continue to run our offense. And our leaders are, are continuing to challenge our team members to make sure that they keep that top of mind. Um, you know, obviously we're getting more and more people to purchase online or over the phone. That next step is to get them down to the arena, right? Make sure that you didn't leave that opportunity on the table for yourself. Get to know them more on a personal level. Uh, fill out some of those key questions that we want to have as we pass them to a service member so they can get off to a great start with that relationship. So the, the, the small details are things that are constantly in our head and we're reinforcing those with team members to make sure that we're running our offense the way that we always run it and, and don't, don't skip steps because that's when it leads to, to trouble down the road. Yeah. Describe a little bit about what your staff makeup is like right now in business development and in the premium sales department. How many people do you have in each one and, and how do you see that changing now as we start to ramp up with seating capacity? For sure. And, and I think, you know, naturally, you know, our industry in entertainment and sports is, you know, t it, it's taken a hit quite a bit. Um, and I think we're, we're a little bit smaller in staff size these days. We have about 25 total team members that are out there selling. Uh, we're looking and, and hoping to get approvals here soon to ramp up staffing uh, in the near future over the next couple of weeks here. But, you know, right now our, our premium team um, is about nine individuals. It's a little bit different than some other organizations where, not only are they out there selling new businesses and hunting for, for new members, but they're also managing a book of business where they can build relationships. Uh, I know a lot of folks kind of separate those out. You know, our, our premium team is pretty unique where they have a really nice book of business where they can continue to get referrals, upsells, and, and all of that. Um, our business development teams right now, we, there are about five, pers five people teams. Uh, we'll be likely getting those back up to 10 where they were uh, before the pandemic. But this has made us look at, you know, the success that we're having right now with a smaller staff um, and some of the new emerging technologies uh, on the sales side. Do we need to bring back 70 plus people like we had before? I think the answer is probably no. Uh, do we need to have these really large inside sales programs that are 20 plus people making 100, 150 calls a day? Probably not. Um, so I think as we look, it's really helped us identify, hey, our best people right now, they're taking care of business. They're producing results for us. Uh, we know we're going to have to ramp back up a little bit. But what does that, you know, that chessboard look like in terms of headcount in different areas? I think as we're welcoming on more members, we're going to need more folks that are focused on service and experience. Um, so I think we'll add headcounts there and, you know, our inside sales program is 20 folks. We'll likely bring back somewhere in the range of eight to 10 in the future when we do bring that program back. What sort of technology, and you may not want to reveal some of the brands that you're looking at, but what sort of categories of tech are you looking at? No, I, I think some of the AI tech that is out there, it, it's amazing. I think, you know, obviously best practice sharing across leagues. I think everyone's heard of Conversica at this point. Um, and that's a, a program that really warms up folks in your database, gets them to raise their hand before they're ever sent over to a team member to make that first interaction. So we're, we're turning those cold calls into a, ver a very warm call 
which is leading to greater success for us. So that's been a huge partnership for us. I think texting these days is, is continues to go off um, and make a major impact for our business. So ZipWhip is our partner on the texting platform there where everyone's direct line here is turned into a, a text message uh, that they can actually log everything directly into our CRM and it's right from their desktop. So those have been two that have really led to more success, uh, getting warmer leads for our people and just interacting with our fan base and our members in a way that they want to be communicated with. Yeah. Is there anything else that you see on the horizon in terms of technology or something you're looking into that you haven't used just yet, but you're interested in pursuing a little further? Yeah, I think there's a number of teams that have been using kind of uh, the recording software to just coach their folks at a higher level. Um, you know, I think, you know, we have the ability to jump in and listen to calls and, and kind of coach within that. But I think, you know, being able to have that recording and coach across the floor um, instead of just to that individual can make a, a larger impact. I know there's a couple of different programs that are out there right now that we've kind of flirted with a little bit here and there. Uh, but I think, you know, the coaching aspect of not only being on those live in-person appointments, but seeing how those interactions on calls are going, being able to dive in, chop those up, and then share those on a larger scale is, is something that's really caught my eye uh, for sure on the technology side. Yeah. Would have been nice to have in Jersey, right? Oh, absolutely. You were, just to give everybody a little bit of backstory, you were in New Jersey for a year. You managed your ticket sales for the New Jersey Devils of the NHL. You had a staff of 18 that you managed and you co-managed a staff of 36. I'm not sure that anybody can do that I, I or do it effectively. Uh, what did you have to learn in that position really quickly in order to be successful? It's, uh, it was definitely a huge learning lesson for me. And, and I think we look at it now and I think that 12 number, uh, having 12 direct reports, you can still make an impact uh, to each individual, but that's probably the number. But we were the second largest inside sales program in all of sports at that time in Jersey, only behind you know, our, our friends down in Philly and the Sixers there. But um, I learned quickly, when you have that many people, you can fall in the trap of blanket managing. Um, let me just teach them what led to success for me. Let me just teach everyone and coach everyone the exact same way. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see with young folks coming into leadership. You have to take the time to understand who your people are, what they want, what's their motivation and their why, how they like to receive that coaching and feedback, how they learn, um, and ultimately what that next step is. If you can understand some of those, those key questions, you can coach that individual to their highest heights. And I think I fell in the trap early of saying, hey, there's so many people. They're all entry level. They're all trying to learn this skill. Let me just do it all at once. Uh, so when I peeled back and, and, you know, really started to understand who each individual was, how they ticked, how they worked, how they understood, how they learned, that's where we really started to make progress and the results started to come for everyone instead of just a, a few at the top. Right. The magic number is 12 then, huh? In your opinion, that, that seems that, to be it? That would be my recommendation. So I've, I've had it across the board from, from 18 to 10 to 12. And I think 12 max is probably that number. Um, but obviously, if you can get lower than that, uh, you can have an even greater impact in those coaching conversations. Sure. We'll be back for the second half right after this. Hi, this is Bill Gertine. I've been training the ticket sales departments of sports and entertainment for almost 20 years. And I love what I do. But everywhere I went, the story was always the same. We loved what you did. You got us fired up. 
But after a while, we kind of lost the spark and we went back to the same old, same old. Well, not anymore. ISBI 360 is the first and only digital training network created exclusively for the specific long-term career needs of sports and entertainment professionals. Our seven different unique certification programs include the fundamentals of success in the industry like ticket sales, sponsorships, social media, customer service, and leadership, all trained by industry experts like Brett Zelaski, Debbie Nolan, Misha Sher, and Seth Rabinowitz. ISBI 360 uses a unique four-stage learning process, including cutting-edge micro-learning videos, live recorded role plays, live coaching from industry experts, and an ongoing reinforcement program to make sure the learning sticks and forms the habits that your people need to grow and excel faster. Check out the two-minute demo at isbi360.com demo. That's isbi360.com demo. Building a better team starts with better training. Check out what's different about ISBI 360 today. From all the people that you've interviewed for sales positions, and you've interviewed a lot of them, what is the single biggest determinant of someone that you knew was going to be successful? When you were interviewing them, what were your overall the things that could be? What is the single biggest thing you're looking for? It's a, it's a tough one. There's a couple that are pretty high on my list, but uh, the folks that have been very curious, um, very prepared with their questions and ask very good questions, that translates to being a good salesperson. Uh, asking the right questions, just being curious about the other person that you're talking to, that has really separated some individuals. And I look at the folks that are currently at the top of our board, their question path, their curiosity about businesses, about our fans and what's important to them it's clearly at a different level. So if I had to boil it down to just one single thing, although there are a couple others that I, I look for, that curiosity um, is really one that stands out. Yeah. You know, one of the most important skills, I think, in the premium side is the ability to conduct an absolutely kick-butt stadium tour. You talked a lot about bringing people down to your arena there in Phoenix. And, and, and so I'm certain that you do some of that training for your reps in order to do a really good tour. Give us a little bit of a window into how you train those reps to give a tour that really has maximum appeal to a buyer. What, what is the process that you teach? Absolutely. It's a great question. It's something that's always evolving. And we're looking at making tweaks and changes, how we can make it the best possible tour. Uh, right now, we're going through a major overhaul of what our, our sweet lease program looks like. Uh, that's, a, that's one of the toughest, if not the toughest sale in all of sports. Uh, so we really kind of changed how we look at it. Um, typically, our process is let, let's have that discovery meeting out at their office first and foremost to understand if there is value and a mutual uh, understanding and knowledge that, hey, we can use this to help our business. It starts there. And I think as we get on the same page with you know prospects and, and potential clients, then from there, how do we really wow them? So we've changed how we approach our sweet lease meetings where collaboration is huge for us here in Phoenix, um, having conversations with our marketing department, our creative content department, our game presentation department. How do we really wow these folks and show them that, hey, with all these renovations and these new programs and new products, this is the type of service that you're going to be able to see on the back end as well. So we brought in a number of folks where we use our, our partner, our car service partner to go pick them up at their office. Uh, in a limo or an SUV. We bring them down. We have our outdoor signage 
welcoming everyone from that company by name with their logos and our logos all over the place in, in our jumbotrons and screens as you make the entrance. They come in, there's a really cool welcome video from our GM or head coach uh, welcoming them into the building. We're taking a picture that memory's going to last forever. It's also a, a pretty nice touch point that we can deliver on the back end as we follow up and, and get to next steps with these folks. Um, and, and then from there, you know, we have a new chef here and, and having them showcase the heightened food and beverage experience while they're actually sitting down and we're talking about their renewal or the potential of selecting a new suite location. So we've really kind of changed the game on how we look at that. How do you continue to wow them every step of the way and look at it differently? And um, we've seen some major success coming off of that. We've gotten rave reviews from the folks that have gone through that process. And now we're starting to say, all right, how do we change that dark day appointment to have that same look and feel uh, without, you know, having to spend, you know, X amount of money like we do on those higher price products. But it's definitely made us uh, look at our process a little bit differently um, for the better, for, 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 all, for all that are uh, part of it. You certainly can't do it for everybody, but for that premium suite that it, it, I'm sure it is really a cut above anything else anyone is experiencing in the marketplace. You have to have oohs and ahs from people. What, what, what would be the single biggest compliment you've received from someone who's experienced it, whether they purchased it or not? I, I just think like every step of the way, they were wowed. Um, the, the memories, uh, some of the take the take homes and the things that we were able to deliver uh, on the back end to let them remember and kind of pull at that emotional heartstring of that was a great day. Um, I learned about all these different products and then people have been raving about our new suite layout as well as the food and beverage that's going to be in there. Some folks are coming down, they have the ability to select their menu for that day. So some of them are, are eating filet mignon and, and lobster mac and cheese during their meeting. So uh, all those little things add up, but you know, we've gotten compliments on, on really every part of the process. Cool. Well, all the positives that we're talking about now certainly uh, are for people who are really interested in coming back and, and may not have any nerves about disease or viruses or anything else that may be endangering them. But there are still a few people that you have to be able to respond to the objection that they just don't feel safe coming back into crowds yet. Now, that might not be as prevalent in Phoenix, but it certainly is prevalent throughout the country. How are you training your staff to respond to that objection when they just don't feel as though that it's right yet for them? Right. And, and it's, it's definitely one that still comes up, probably not as often as it does uh, in the past, you know, six months, uh, as that was kind of, you know, the first thing that came out of folks' mouth when we were on the phone with them was, hey, I'm worried about this and, and uh, I don't know if I can come back just yet. And we want to be understanding and we gave a lot of refunds to folks that, you know, didn't want to stick through it and didn't know what the future held. But, you know, I think at this point, all we can do is keep them informed about some of the things that we're currently doing to make our building as safe as possible. Keep them in the loop about what's to come in the future, what we're going to continue to do to make our arena safe for all of our clients and customers that come through that door and really just kind of keep in touch with them. And as they're ready to uh, make that jump back into it, being here with, with locations and, and experiences that make sense for what they're looking for. Um, so it, it's really kind of, you know, respecting, you know, their views, but also just making sure that they understand everything that we're doing on our end, but also things that continue to change here. What are we adding? What are we continuing to look at to make this the safest possible environment? And, and really for them, let's just keep in touch. And when you guys are ready, we'll be here to help you out. 
Yeah, people seem to have been skittish from an individual perspective and perhaps even more so in the group sales side. I mean, gosh, over the last 12 years, the whole meaning of group sales became almost the non-issue be only because we couldn't get together as a group. And, and so now as things go forward, how are you at the Suns rethinking group sales as a whole? And from the business development side of which you're a part, how are you going about looking into biz dev for group sales going forward now? Yeah, it, it's definitely top of mind. And we have one of the best in the business in, in Josh Strumloff. So we're really following his guide. And I think looking at different products, you know, do we reserve a, a private area in a, a new space that we have on our suite level that's only for, you know, a, a group buyer to come into? Do we hold a, a suite location that's available and having different options for those folks? Um, you know, I, I think we've done a really good job over the last probably six to eight months of, of having different testing set up for areas. Our hope is by the time we get to the fall, we, we don't really have to do with that, um, you know, before games and before events. You know, obviously our vaccine continues to get out here at a really high clip out here in, in, in Phoenix. And we're excited about the numbers that we always get from, from the health experts out this way. But, you know, we might have to create uh, some new products and some new areas where those groups do feel comfortable. Um, I think you look at some of the fan experience packages, the, the high five tunnels and taking people down courtside, we're going to have to rethink, can we actually execute those? Um, you know, actually, you know, getting approval from the Players Association to do some of those things. So we're rethinking everything on the group sales side and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find some experiences that are best for everyone, but also provide a safe experience if they are still worried about their group. Sure. With all that's gone on, what do you think this unique situation has given our industry a chance to do or maybe to be that may never come again? Is there a window that you think exists right now to change or improve something that you see? I think, I think you, you always have to have that mindset where, you know, the only thing in this life that's constant is change, right? But I, I think this has, you know, made us look at our business differently. Um, it kind of opened our eyes and maybe expedited some of those changes that we need to make. And I think a big thing here in Phoenix is we want everyone that's, you know, a seller, whether they're selling partnerships or ticket sales, we want them to understand our business at a holistic level. Um, so Dan Casello, our, our chief revenue officer, he actually took over our ticket sales and partnership division uh, about two, three years ago at this point. And we've developed a one revenue group uh, where we work collectively as one. Uh, we train together on both sides of the business. We just finished up our uh, a dual contest uh, where partnerships and ticket sales were competing against each other, also on the same team, pushing each other, working with each other, helping them out on different deals. And, and we want to train our ticket sellers, you know, the foundation and the fundamentals of, of partnership sales as well, um, because that just makes everyone in our organization a little bit more dangerous when they're having those sales conversations about the marketplace. So that's kind of the idea that we have right now. And we've seen some great success with it. I still think we're in the infancy stage with that, but that's something that we're going to continue to grow on. Uh, the competitiveness, the relationships that have come from it, the genuine curiosity uh, from folks about the other side of the business where they may not have touched that two, three years ago. Uh, it's been exciting for us. So how do we build uh, on that momentum that we started to create over this last year and, and, and really make everyone uh, a little bit more dangerous in those conversations. What's fun. And, and it, as you say, dangerous. And I, I think 
you know, as I think of the word, it really becomes more problem solving, the ability to see what maybe a client doesn't see, to be that more holistic in their understanding of how you can help. Absolutely. And, and you know, that's our, our job. And we're passionate about the, the platforms and programs that we have in place here. We can provide value. Um, so now it, it's up to us to continue to have that mindset and, and find that value piece for that company. And hey, if you're a, a ticket seller and you go out and have a conversation with the company, that opportunity may be in partnerships. But if you understand it just a little bit, you're going to be able to bring that to the table, get the right people involved and still produce something uh, for the organization yourself to be proud of. Uh, and, and that's what we're trying to do here. That's great. Well, I always like to wrap up, Matt, by asking some rapid fire questions that are kind of fun. So uh, if you'll put your thinking cap on, just the first thing that comes to mind with these. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Your favorite binge watch during the pandemic? Oh, it's a good one. The, the first one way back a year ago was Tiger King uh, with, with my wife. Uh, I know that was kind of uh, that one hit and, and everyone watched it. But Tiger King was the, the first one as I think about the pandemic. That's the first one that we binge watched. Besides sports, the one thing you've missed most during COVID? I think just interaction with, with family. Um, you know, I'm the youngest of four and, 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 and uncle to 10. Uh, so I actually, my wife and I are vaccinated. My parents are vaccinated. So about a month ago, we were able to uh, have a trip and hug them and see them. But yeah, the interactions with family in that face-to-face -face setting has, has definitely been the missed the most. Uncle Matt. Yep, time's we ten. So we're, we're excited. <laughs> the board game you thought you would never pull out of the closet again that you actually played in 2020. The game of life. There you go. Let's spin the little thing in the middle and the, the yep, whole thing. One of my wife's favorites. So we uh, we played many many of those. That's great. Your favorite musical artist on your workout mix? Ooh, workout. Um, let's see. Recently, it's been Girl Talk. It kind of mashes up a bunch of different songs, uh, like rock songs, rap songs. It's, uh, it's a pretty good listen, but it's high pace, good energy. Uh, so I would say Girl Talk there. Cool. Uh, the favorite sports team that you have not worked for? I'm, I'm a Cleveland boy. So the, the Browns are, are, are my number one team. Um, and it's exciting to see them turn it around on the field. So Cleveland Browns for sure. Good for you. And, uh, and, and you've got something to cheer about lately. So that's all good. The uh, hometown boy, I'll give a shout out to Donovan Peoples-Jones, one of the wide receivers. He's a good dude. And uh, we, we, we actually are family friends. So it's kind of fun to see. He's great. Had a great rookie season. So looking forward to campaign two from him. You did. The restaurant you've ordered DoorDash from more than any other? Um, Chipotle. All right. Favorite comedian or comedian? Uh, Brian Regan. Well, I got to look that up. No, no, Brian. That's good. Uh, favorite thing about Phoenix? There's always something going on. Um, it's a great sports town. Uh, there's a lot to do. Hike, bike, play golf year round. Um, you got spring training out here. So there's something for everyone. The biggest hurdle you're going to have to overcome professionally in the next six months in your position. That's a good one. Um, I think bringing everyone back safely. Um, but also, you know, we have so much going on here with the renovation, uh, making sure that we continue to, to keep our focus on, on the right things. Um, our, our sweet lease business is something that, you know, we need to bring back the right way with the right partners at the right deals. I think we've, we've gotten deal happy 
before, but we want to make sure that it's a good deal for everyone involved. Yeah. Last one. One bold prediction that you would have for sports and entertainment going forward. I, I think every arena and stadium is going to have a sports book in it within the next two years. I'm not sure that that's so bold a prediction. I think we're probably going <laughs> to yeah. see that. Uh, it, it'll be we're, crazy. We're, the, the games are already a little crazier now that everybody can bet from their phones. Yeah, it finally uh, got legalized here. We're going to have a sports book. Uh, our partner FanDuel is going to be putting one in. But I think there's going to be a couple of people that are late to the party. But within two years, I think every single stadium and arena, probably around the world, will, will have one right in, right in their home. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And that's a good prediction. Matt, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this. Matt Salata, the VP of Business Development and Premium Sales for the NBA's Phoenix Suns, one of the hottest teams in the playoffs. We wish you the best of success as you go forward there. And thank you for being a guest here on The Crowdmakers. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Bill. It was great to see you again and uh, looking forward to the future. So cheers. If you enjoyed the program, please like us, share us with those you know, and hit subscribe on the podcast, and we'll let you know when another new episode is dropped. Your positive comments will help keep the Crowdmakers on the air. We'd be grateful for your five-star review. Got someone you'd like to hear as a guest on the Crowdmakers? Let us know, and we'll do our best to reach out to them. Drop us a note at info at isbi360.com. That's info at isbi360.com. Support for the Crowdmakers comes from ISBI 360, the first and only digital training network for sports and entertainment professionals. Check out the two-minute demo at isbi360.com slash demo. That's isbi360.com slash demo. Building a better team starts with better training. Our chief engineer of the Crowdmakers is Ken Marinelli. Sean Quinn is our director of operations. Mark Yazowitz is the digital platform guru. And the executive producer of The Crowdmakers is Doug Quinn. I'm Bill Gertine. Until next time, thanks for listening, and so long for now. This is The Crowdmakers on the C-Suite Radio Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>